It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guys, Big Dave, Bow, Bow, BAWL Sports, Will the Goat, Will underscore Gottlieb, our pal and producer, Joey Spathis, is at Joey Spathis. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Coming to you from our studios here, CHGO, West Loop. Monday afternoon, Monday of the beginning of the offseason, gentlemen. Um, if you haven't caught it yet, Will and our guy Mark K did a great HQ episode yesterday uh, with initial reactions to what we heard from Bulls VP um, Arturis Karnachovas on Saturday. Uh, we're going to continue diving into some of that. Dave and I will chime in with our thoughts and then also take a look at some of the things we heard from some of the key players on this team Moving into their off seasons, Zach, Demar, Vooch, answering some questions about what went wrong this season and their futures. Before we dive into all of that, however, gentlemen, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge some very happy news that coincided with the Bulls' season coming to an end. Okay. The 2022-23 Bulls were laid to rest mm-hmm. at the same time as new life was entering. Our own Joey Spathis became an uncle over the weekend. Oh, he is officially Uncle Joey now. <laughs> uncle Joey. Mazel. Uncle Joey. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go, actually. Joey Uncle. You know, Joey, <laughs> Joey, Joey Uncle. Joey, uh, Joey, 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 Joey Family Man. <laughs> no, but Joe, Uncle Joey is super a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. So, full House. Yeah. That, I can't go against Full House, bro. Yeah. Uncle Which Joey now, just Does rolls. that mean he, you have to like compete to be a better Uncle Joey than the Full House Uncle Joey? Cause that's a good question. That's a, that's a tough one to be. Yeah, he's but good. He's, he's a good... Uh, he's got to compete with the music skills. Uh, he's like a hockey player, right? Did he? I don't know if he played hockey. There's well, an why episode not? where he was like... He did everything, sure. He played hockey. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but did he produce... More sets heart, apparently. That's true. Production skills, though. I don't know. I mean, he did have his own radio show. I'm sorry. I mean, ah, you're, sh- he's not you're actually so right. They had, their, <laughs> they had their own radio show, man, and advertising company. You know, they, they not better true. than my Joey. All right, all right, all right. We'll see. He got to get on some Uncle Joeyness, though. He's got to get his Uncle Joeyness going. No doubt yes. about that. But congratulate, boy or girl. Thank you, boy. Boy, young Bulls fan. Okay. You know, he was uh, so excited after we beat the Raptors. Came right out the next morning. <laughs> that's that's what I like to say. Couldn't wait to see the Heat game. That's awesome, man. But yeah, That's appreciate y'all. Congratulations, sir. Golden Force in the comments believes that Uncle Joey is better than Uncle Jesse. Mm. I mean, they brought they both brought different, very wonderful things to the table. They did. They did. More handsome for sure. <laughs> are you wait? Are you saying that Me? Dave Coulier is handsomer than John Stamos? No, I'm saying you, this Uncle Joey right here oh, yeah, okay. over John okay. Stamos. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Putting himself on the back. Maybe. Very good. Jo- Joey and I were talking just before uh, we started the show about how it's so awesome that he's becoming an uncle as young as he is, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he'll still be young as they're growing up and mm-hmm. have the energy to chase him around and that stuff. And I was saying, I think, you know, Big Dave became an uncle pretty young too because yeah, of your older yeah. sibling. How yeah. old were you when you became an uncle for the first time? Oh, God. That's a good question. Were you still, like, in your teens? No, I wasn't even in my teens, I don't think. I think I was, like, 10, 10 or 11 years old. <sighs> wow. That is wild. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, 10 or 11. So, yeah, I was, I'm the reason she listens to what she listens to. <laughs> and she thanks me often. <laughs> but credit to my brother, too. He's worse than me. But, 
Yeah, man. Love my nieces and nephews, man. Shout out to all of them, man. Yeah, all well, wonderful, wonderful. One of them, people. you can't, I can't remember, remind me of which one of them came by one of our Bears uh, tailgates this yeah. past season. Yeah, that was, that was Evan. Right, Evan. Shout out to him. He's getting and married like, in July. Shout out. Right, getting married. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, your nieces and nephews are like grown people are, and like adults. Adults. <laughs> adults with real lives. Yeah. With great, real consequences. Great nieces and nephews, too. No, they're amazing, though. They're, they really, truly are amazing. And I got another nephew about to graduate from college. College, uh next month so yeah it's awesome man like it's cool being an uncle bro like, yeah like you said you just <laughs> give him really did you mean that like soon his nieces and nephews are gonna have kids that's of their I mean. own yes thank with you when you said that. great nieces and nephews great great uncle oh that's what you mean okay yeah great when uncle. they when they decided to have have kids none of them have children yeah you know what i mean yet you're right it's on the way but yeah whenever it happened man come holler at your great uncle Golden Force said, so when players seem to have kids, they get they seem to get a buff in playing. Does this mean Joey gets a buff in, in uh interning? What does buff mean? I don't know. Does that mean like a like a I, boost? I don't know. I don't know what buff means, bro. Or a pass? That's too or, cool for me, bro. I don't, yeah. I don't know what, what, that what means, is this bro. young people lingo you're using? That's Please cool, explain. Bro. That's too cool. I don't understand. <laughs> is that something that they say on the TikToks? <laughs> a, boost. a boost. A don't know. He said oh, it means okay, a boost. A boost. Yeah. A boost in also, playing. I'm not an intern. No. He's a full-fledged producer. What do you think, Joey? Just I don't know if that all the time? that implied. I'm definitely not an intern. But Joey intern. That's I. Yes, I'll get a boost in producing. Boost. You know, it's like when somebody, you know, when they add, you know, when you have like a good 2K thing and it's like everybody's players go up. A couple points, yeah. You get like the green arrow. That's what I'm feeling like right now. Got my graphics are going up a couple points. Hell yeah, all, all of it. But did okay, you, I don't know where I'm did going. Did you know the term? I don't either. <laughs> buff to be used in that connotation. He didn't mean it that way. He meant boost, but he's right. apologizing. Yeah. No, no, I did not know that. But you know, so we just start calling it buff and make it a thing now. <laughs> so we just do that. Make it a thing. Like, Hashtag well, make it a thing. Buff it up, Matt. <laughs> buff it up. All right. I hate to dampen the vibes, but let's talk AK. Oh, God. Do we have to? No, we do. Um, as I said, you know, Will and Mark, you guys dove into this on your HQ episode yesterday. Uh, we want to keep diving into it on today's show because he was asked a lot of tough questions. I feel like AK had to know he was coming into, you know, a firing brigade of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh to answer to everything that went wrong mm-hmm. this season in that end-of-season press conference. And I know that a lot of people in Bulls Nation who watched those interviews on Saturday or have since caught up with them were somewhere between unimpressed or mad <laughs> as far as the answers we got, and Mark K being one of them. I, I'm not saying I wasn't upset or at least unimpressed, but I also wasn't hugely shocked mm-hmm. as far as the scope of the answers we got and maybe the lack of detail and the answers we got. Let's start, though, with something very specific that he was asked about and addressed when it came to what went wrong with the Bulls on the court this season, mm-hmm. and that was three-point shooting. And I'm glad. I think it was uh, Julia Poe from the Trib who asked that question. Can I make a uh, quick news sure. interjection? Go bomb. Um, not a go bomb, but uh, Kobe Price bomb. Kobe covers the magic for the Orlando Sentinel. Just tweeted out that the coin flipping results are in, uh, and the Bulls have won the tie break over the Oklahoma City Thunder, so they will have the 11th best odds. Woo! Eleventh best odds. So, um, so many episodes to do uh, <laughs> draft tank sims between now and the lottery. There you go. Yeah, we'll probably have to do that daily. But uh, obviously, that's that's big news, just in terms of the odds to keep their pick. I'm not sure exactly how it plays out in terms of the percentages. Mm-hmm. But that was about to be my question. Um, because I think they're technically still tied. It's just that, like, if since the Bulls are 11, if 11 moves up, they'll get it versus if 12. So mm-hmm. um, I'll have to do some research into that. But I do believe that that gives the Bulls a better chance of keeping their pick. It should be closer to 10% now than 8. So that, that's a big I'll difference. I'll take it. That's a difference. I will take it. What a difference a flip makes. Uh, yeah. What a difference uh, having three-point shooters on your roster makes. Uh, getting back to AK's <laughs> press conference, um, he was asked about the lack of three-point shooting on this team, and his answer was kind of, well, meh. Uh, he said this, it'll be a priority for us to kind of change our shooting profile because it's very difficult for us to go into every game with such a deficit. We're last in rate, three-point rate, 
We're last in three-point field goals made. It's almost like we're going into every game with eight-point deficit to make up for it. That was also true, basically, for the back half of last season. Yeah. As soon as Lonzo Ball left the floor and half of the Bulls' three-point volume went with it, and then they didn't do anything to adjust for that last offseason, which Bulls fans were rightly upset about. Mm-hmm. So to hear him acknowledge that in this uh, press conference was sort of like, okay, yeah, thank you. Welcome welcome to the party, pal. We've all been watching this for, for a full season now, and you're finally telling us that, hey, it's going to be a priority to go out and address this flaw because we were playing from behind every night because of our complete lack of three-point volume. It's the it's the one thing I'll never defend as far as AK and Eversley are concerned because it was the one thing we we talked about at length <laughs> during the offseason about what they should address. We knew they had other issues, you know what I'm saying, but the main thing was you can't play in this league without three-point shooting. It got – you know, we said it a minute – I can't tell you how many times. So to watch the offseason go and – them, you know, just seeing all these deals being made by other teams, and y'all like, okay, well, there's the shooter coming. Oh, Luke Kennard's gone. All right, you know, all right, well, there's a bunch of others out there, you know, and then to go get nothing, that, that, I can't defend that. But then to do it and watch it in the season happen and then get to the pit stop, you know, which is the all-star break where you can make trades again and pick up people, you're like, all right, you know, you, you chugged in, you know, you chugged in to the finish line. All right, let's reset, get some gas, you know, fuel it up. No, we're just going to run the car back out there, like not change the tires, nothing. We're just going to put that back on the track. Not a good plan. So I, I would never defend that because I thought it was dumb, and I still think it was dumb. And it's not just this year. Like you said, Matt, you saw it last year. You knew what you were. You weren't great last year, you know what I'm saying, in three-point shooting. So coming into this year – Losing your best shooter, why did you think it was going to be better? And then why did you think it would be better if you said, nah, I'm going to keep going, (laughs) you know? And that's where the insulting part started coming in to Bulls fans. Now, listen, you can be right or wrong as a GM, as a whatever, as a coach, whatever, but you can't be insulting. And to sit there and say to the fans at that all-star break that, no, you know, I think we got good shooters. Look at our shooter rate. You know, the guys need to just do Wait, what? No, mm-hmm. bro, now, you, now you're insulting people mm-hmm. because you see what the problem is. We know what it is. I see the leg is broken. You can't just say walk it off. So that's where the issue lies. And the fact that it's still an issue, and now you're like, oh, well, yeah, it's a priority. Thank you. Like Matt said, welcome to the party. I'm glad you're acknowledging it and seeing it. But we knew this was the problem already, so – that that's where I, I'll I'll never defend that. Anything to add on AK's three point shooting uh, failures, Will? Yeah, I kind of went through a a Twitter moment with this yesterday, but I think it's more than just like having guys that will take and make threes. There has to be like a source of offense that's external to Demar and Zach. Mm-hmm. What we saw last year was a ton of pick and roll, a ton of post-ups, and a ton of isolation from the Bulls' big three, Mm -hmm. and basically no other source of offense outside of that. And you watch teams like the Kings or the Warriors, and they have all these off-ball actions, and defenses are scrambling around to try to keep up with Jordan Poole and Kevin Herter, and these guys are just flying off screens and catching and shooting threes. And that's outside of the Sabonis-Fox double handoff game. It's outside of the Steph Draymond high pick and roll Mm -hmm. and the bulls don't have any of that and i think it's just impossible to expect a team to have an efficient high-powered offense in a world where not only are they not getting any floor spacing but they're also not getting any sort of uh offense basically generated outside of those guys so obviously this is a big thing we'll talk more about the cap situation and, and mark and i broke it down mark wrote a great piece that's on the website now that really dives deep into their cap situation but um, I think this has to be – I don't want to understate the importance of shooting and just say that it's about creating space for DeMar and Zach. Like, I, I think this needs to be a much bigger thing in terms of creating offense for the rest of the team, not just to open the lane. Yeah, and, and to your credit, Will, I noticed that you asked AK slash Billy Flex. and the players who were made available on Saturday – 
the question about at the beginning of the season, y'all told us that you wanted to add more randomness and more off-ball movement and off-ball creation into this offense compared to last season. And here we are at the end of the season, and you didn't. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what you said. That's you said you it said. kinder than I just did. <laughs> but that's basically and, – and none of them really seem to have an answer for that because instead of – Adding more of that, it seemed like the, the offense was even more reductive this season than it was last season. Exactly. Um, and look, like one of the other, I thought, really good points that, that uh, DeMar brought up during the presser was that Zach had the knee issue at the end of last year, was not quite right to start this year, and then DeMar had the, the quad injury, and he wasn't quite right. So since the beginning of last year, those two have not been fully healthy at the same time. And I do right. think that matters. But overall, you're just swimming upstream when you're putting the ball in those guys' hands and saying, create offense in a situation where you're going one or two on four. Right. Because these guys are just leaving Patrick Beverly and Caruso and Patrick Williams open. Like... Patrick Williams shot over 40%. That's awesome, mm -hmm. but super low volume. And I think most of his Very shots low. were unguarded. So it's because he was being left wide open. It's great that right. he can make you pay for it. But like, there's a reason that defenses are willing to make that trade off. And that reason is because they're much more willing to give up an open three to Pat Williams than let DeMar Zach get going. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I just think that there's no way you can expect this team to produce at a higher level if they're playing one on three or two on four you literally just answered the question i was gonna i wanted you to explain that a little further when you talked about you know it's more bigger than just getting somebody who you know takes threes you know and just gets threes like you have to have somebody that is being game planned for you know mm -hmm. and that is the importance that's why i continue to say that we have no threat or you know pat's not a threat like, right because they're not game planning for that i mean you need somebody as soon as they see that name oh shit yeah you know, like, I got to, all right, we got to make sure somebody's on that guy. Like, that's what you have to say. You don't say that. You know what I'm saying? For other players on this team, they don't say, oh, man, we got to worry about this guy at the arc. No, they'll live, like you said, Will, they'll live with that. You won't live with DeMar and Zach getting 39 on you. Yeah. You'll live with Pat taking two threes a game. Mm -hmm. You'll live with that. Uh, yeah, and, you know, as far as the how to address it situation, you mentioned the the cap stuff that you and Mark talked about, the column that Mark uh, wrote uh, for the diehards on all CHGO about the game. They don't really, ha it's not like they can go out and like try and sign some of the most prolific three point shooters who are available on the open market this summer, because if they do in fact do what AK has led to, and we'll continue to get into that, uh, bring back a lot of these same players. Wh like where is that shooting coming from? Mm -hmm. Where is that more creative offense to generate good looks from three coming from maybe Kobe and more minutes and a bigger role for Kobe is a part of that because we did see them try and uh, use him in the pick and roll as a screener in that game to, against the Heat to then get him open mm -hmm. for threes. Yeah. And it was working some, and then sometimes sure. it didn't work. But sure. that's, I think, what would frustrate Bulls fans. Like Anthony in the comments said, if the Bulls run it back, don't address three-point shooting. Is AK lying to us, and what do we make of that? Because that's what they did last summer when they were asked about, you didn't add any three-point shooting. And then Billy, who was basically taking bullets for AK in that press conference, was like, well, you know, this guy can shoot, and this guy can shoot, and this guy can shoot. And he was just rattling off players who were on the, the roster last season, mm -hmm. none of whom were really all that competent behind the three-point line. It's like, if they do that to us again this offseason, oh, heads are going to roll. Oh, this table's going to flip. Woo! <laughs> believe that. And he ain't going to be the one flipping it. <laughs> it's going to be me. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, please. My God. <laughs> um, hey, maybe they'll get three-point shooting back if Lonzo's ready to play, right? <laughs> <sighs> again, anytime Lonzo comes up, I feel like we have to preface it with, we just hope the best for him and hope he can come back and play in the NBA at some point. Seriously. You're worried about his emotional and mental health. Correct. Because of what this must be doing to him. But AK was asked about Lonzo. Mm -hmm. And he also, man, his answer to this one was frustrating for me too. About Asked about Lonzo and maybe planning for his unavailability more than they did. Mm -hmm. AK said, quote, I don't have regrets because I had to wait for clarity. We were going with the hope that he was going to play with us and didn't, and that didn't happen, and I had to adjust afterwards. 
That's how we're going to look at it. I don't know his timeline, but we're going to make adjustments and tweaks to the roster to address that, end quote. Basically saying, I didn't preemptively fix, try to fix that problem. Now we see it as a more glaring problem, and I, we will try to fix it. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Um, Lonzo was such a weird situation for me because I don't know – I'm not in the front office, obviously. I'm not Will the Go Gottlieb. I'm not so in the front office I, I either. Think it's a joke. It's a joke. These are jokes. I wish I was. These are jokes. Go. Joke. I have a lot more to report. If <laughs> oh, see, that's why you're not in the front office. <laughs> Tell us how, after the show. Um, but yeah, like I to get that news information, like yeah, he'll be. We'll see what he's looking like in a few months. Then it was we'll see what he's looking at the All Star break. Then it was we're shutting him down again. Then it was. I don't know if he's, he's going to be right ever. You know, then it was he's going to get a surgery that literally only one NBA player has ever had before ever in the history of the league. And then that player post-surgery never played in the NBA again. Correct. So it's, it's I, I honestly feel bad for AK in this situation, bro. I really do because that's a tough-ass situation to be in and right. to try to overcome. For him to come out hypothetically yes, on Saturday and say, oh, yeah, Lonzo's career is toast. Right. You know, me. like, what do you, I he don't know what he can say. Right. You know, I can't. I don't know what he can really say that was going to appease Bulls fans other than lying to you or telling you the blunt truth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, other, other one of those. So he was trying to find that medium of hope. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, like I say, like Will said it too, like, hope is not a strategy. Like, we know that. But that's all he can really say is we're hopeful he'll be back. We're hopeful he can return. We, we, we got all the confidence in the world of him getting back. Right. I was going to say, because he said more than hopeful. He said he was confident mm. that Lonzo will return, comma, we just don't know when. <laughs> that's not confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a tough-ass situation because that's, that's hard. I can't equate it to any other player that I can think of right now because everybody else I'm thinking of, you knew they were out. Right. You know what I mean? Even Brandon Roy, even uh, Greg Oden was probably the closest uh, in that situation. Hell, Zion Williamson, even the owner, is like, that dude is good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just don't want to play. So with Lonzo, you just don't know exactly how he's going to be. But at the same time, you don't want to just be like, he'll never play again ever, or we don't. We think he might not ever play again ever, or we don't know. So all you can do say it is what you can say is what I hope for the best, and we hope he can return. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and it's why the Bulls are going to continue to try to bring him back as opposed to go after a disabled player exception or mm -hmm. a career-ending career injury exception. There was a, a comment, Joey, that you brought up at some point asking about how the Bulls could go about wiping that number off their books, and the answer is it's not going to happen this year. If it is going to happen, it'll most likely be next year, and I'm not even sure I would... Um, bank on that but essentially because the Bulls are trying to get Lonzo back in the lineup and I think that's ideal right like you want yeah. him to come back you want to be able to reincorporate him into your team even though he won't be 100% probably this whole year if he does come back um, the goal would be to get him back on the floor mm -hmm. and because that's the goal they're not going to apply for the injury exception mm -hmm. which you would need to prove that the player is not going to be playing for the entire year in order to get so mm. they're not going to be able to do that and even if they were going to do that yes you would get uh half the player's salary or you would get up to the i think it's up to the mid-level exception or half the player's salary so Correct. in ball's case it would be about 10 million dollars um in cap relief which opens up an exception for you to go out and sign a player who's in the final year of his contract. Mm -hmm. But that number would apply to your salary cap. It would not just be free money. And so that would push the Bulls into the luxury tax or make it harder to, you know, re-sign Vooch and Kobe. So they're not going to do that for, for cap reasons, even if, you know, they really didn't know that, that Lonzo was going to be out all year. So mm. after this upcoming season, DeMar will be up, Vooch will be up, and it becomes easier to apply for that disabled player exception okay and if it's going to happen it'll happen then but again i think ideal scenario for the bulls is that lonzo is gonna return because he's a better player than whatever they could probably get for nine and a half ten million dollars mm. lovely 
Um, okay, plenty more that I want to get into from AK's season-ending presser on Saturday. We will keep rolling with that. Topics like why they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. I saw somebody in the comments talking about that. Uh, his answer about the Bulls and bringing back everyone and thusly going into the luxury tax. That was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the possibility of a rebuild. Uh, all of that and then some thoughts from the players as well. Coming up after the break, while we're sharing these words from our friends and sponsors, you could do us a very simple, very quick favor. What's that? And hit that thumbs up button if you're watching along with us on YouTube. Very easy, but it helps us out a lot. Also, make sure you are subscribed to CHGO Sports' YouTube channel. And if you're thinking about finally becoming a diehard, getting one of these dope hoodies, um, getting a free t-shirt when you sign up, and access to all that top-tier exclusive content like our pal Mark K's cap breakdown column that he put up over the weekend become a diehard do it now you can also get discounted tickets to our Paris draft party that's coming up later this month yeah yeah so many reasons to do it i'll be there hey oh <laughs> that's gonna be fun now that there's a new spathis in the world oh another spathis just love a it bundle of joy a bundle of joy is there mm-hmm. that child's future mm-hmm. is gonna need some shades because it's so dang on bright because it's so bright Ow! There's Does only Baby Spathis understand yet, Dave? Oh, Baby Spathis never understood. <laughs> never baby Spathis never understood from day one, came out like, they never understood. <laughs> That's literally the words he said. And then cut the umbilical cord and put on some shady rays. That's how he rolled, baby. Baby Spathis understands that to get those premium polarized shades at a, a wonderful, affordable price, you need to be messing with Shady Rays, that independent sunglasses company offers that world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair of sunglasses that you have ever worn. Those durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor and indoor adventures. But that's not all. That Matt Peck lost and broken replacements plan. Hat gone! Glasses on. Uh Uh-oh. Snap, snap. Replace. That is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's that simple. You break them, we'll replace them. They got you back on that. And that's not all, man. If you lose or break your pay, even on day one, brand new pair, no questions asked, and with that confidence, because they've got your back long after your purchase. So, if you don't love them shades either, y'all, you can exchange them for a brand new pair or return them for free. What? Will's favorite word. Within 30 days. <laughs> there's no risk when you shop. And teams, I'm sorry, their team. Always has your back. So, exclusively for our listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving you the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code, you know it, C-H-G-O for 50% off of two-plus pairs of polarized premium shades. Try them for yourself, y'all. Get that five-star rating up even further and give more fives. High fives to everybody. Join the 250,000 people who have already done it. Because the Shady Rays, well, the Rays are oh so dang shady. Oh so dang shady. So dang shady. You know, one of the great things about being an uncle that Joey is about to learn all about. Talk to me. Is uh, imparting wisdom on the new little ones in your family. Yes. You can teach them how to be the best Bulls fan out there. Mm-hmm. You can also teach them how to save time and money. And energy. Oh. With with Comet. You know all the kids. Have you had the Comet talk with your nephew yet, Joe? <laughs> well, he is um what is today? Monday. So he's about four days old. Okay. So it might be a little early for that the That is a day six conversation. Yeah. yeah it's you like, got to well, have that one before the birds and the bees, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that one will come first, obviously. It's like, you know, talk that I had with my brother-in-law. And, you know, we got a new kid here. You that is look to tighten up some of the expenses here, you know? Yeah. I mean, got tighten that belt. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. I said, listen. It's a thing. Let's let's uh, loosen. Let's uh, tighten up the reins a little bit here. Well, so and you, you know where we start with that. Where you start with that? We is start practicing. with the Comad Energy Efficiency Program. I right, sent him the link. I sent him the link. Don't you worry, because it is permitted. It is committed to helping families, which they are a family now. It's really awesome, and businesses, cool. which we are like CHGO in the communities like Chicago that they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future that's right comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial 
industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, like commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Mm, Matt, I'm curious. How does this work? Well, here's what you tell little baby nephew Spathis. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Mm-hmm. Right around the same time as a cute little baby spathis nap. <laughs> Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Mm-hmm. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings as well as cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and payback plans that are simple and easy. Mm. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comment.com slash powering biz. That's B-I-Z biz. Was that uh, comment.com slash powering biz? That's right, Joseph. Tell your nephew and tell everyone out there to schedule their appointment Today. Sound like he said twins. <laughs> I like it. Comad is one of my favorite sponsors. Save money and save energy. It's a good for the world. It good is. for the earth. I was it doing is. a bear show once though, and we talked about that, and then and then somebody started calling Karm a communist for suggesting that saving energy was good. So I don't wanna don't want to get too far into the wow. politics. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, comment. Okay. I wasn't expecting any sort of McCarthyism to jump into right. H.G.O. Bulls today. That's interesting and new. All right. Um, okay, guys, back to the AK interview from the weekend that had Bulls fans groaning, rolling their eyes, and wondering what the hell we do next. Um, talking about this team potentially uh, making moves but not at the deadline, Artura said, I don't know if we could have made any changes that could have done better than 14-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. I think that was our lane. Stay with that group. And secondly, obviously you need to do what you you need to know what was available. And if there were no deals to make this team better, those are the decisions we made and stayed pat. Okay. Part of what he's saying here, I can get on board with, or at least understand, which is that we heard a few different reports from a few different sources, local, uh, national, uh, beat writers and reporters from teams that maybe the Bulls were talking with about trade deadline deals that the Bulls were thinking about, talking about, that did not ultimately happen. Mm-hmm. AK and whether it was him or Mark Eversley on the phone talking about the finer points and details of those deals are the only ones who truly know. Right. That part is honest, right. at least. Bulls fans can't really call BS on that. True. Where I take uh, umbrage a little bit, and I think, Will, you mentioned this in your column, it's like the only path forward that made sense to them was trying to add is kind of the way he framed it. Like we thought that we did the best we could to try to get better at the deadline, but staying pat actually for us was the best way to try to get better compared to any deals that were out there. Yeah. And to me, it's basically at an, an admission of two things. One is that they weren't willing to invest future resources into this group, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And two, that they weren't, willing to take a step back in order to at some point take two steps forward. Okay. And I think that's a bad thing, but I understand why they did it. I understand that they wanted to stay competitive. I disagree with that approach. I thought that they, they had an opportunity, um, you know, a couple games below 500 and then going on to a, a losing streak there to start to position yourself to be able to keep your draft pick. Obviously there's a risk there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get the, um, the optics of doing that are not good. And also the perception of the Vooch trade, if you end up giving up the fifth pick in the draft, is not good. But to me, that is probably a better outcome than where they are now, which is giving up the 11th pick and missing the play, uh, missing the playoffs. Um, and also not pot- potentially not being able to re-sign Vooch because mm-hmm. he could just walk for nothing. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I get why they didn't do that, but I think it's... It's, it shows a lack of flexibility and a lack mm-hmm. of um, self-awareness that I think could be really detrimental. Let me ask you about that flexibility. Is it because uh, of just them not being flexible or because of their situation not being flexible? Well, I think those two things are tied hand in hand. I okay. think because of the decisions that they've made, they are not in a position where they can really um, – where they have the – 
I don't want to say like courage, but like where they have the ability to be able and, and sell that move mm-hmm. to their fan base mm. to say, look, our plan failed. We have to now go the other direction to recoup some of the assets that we've dished out here so that we can move forward and be in a better position. Mm-hmm. I, I understand why that's a hard look, but again, if the plan is to stay competitive, which it sounds like that is the plan. Yeah. If the plan is to bring back the group, which it sounds like that's what they want to do. Yeah. And if the plan is to also bring in more talent, which I'm not sure how they're going to do, mm-hmm. given their cap situation and lack of picks um, to be able to go out and trade for talent, I think it's going to be hard to do all those things. And, um, you know, a more obvious solution to a more a sustainable future longer term would have been to move backwards. And I just don't think they're willing to do that. Yeah, true. And I, and I, and I agree with that. I think um, I'm trying to figure out when he says stay competitive, what type of staying competitive does he mean in, in that, in that instance, did he mean the competitive of I'm trying to go make a deep run to playoffs or a competitive of this team right here is a six team or a six seed or a seven seed. And we're just going to stay right there. And, Hope for the best to see what happens. So that's that's the competitive I was trying to figure out. Like what <sighs> what level of that? Because those, those are two different things. Like if you're trying, if you tell me at the All Star break we're trying to go get to the playoffs and do what we need to do, then you do whatever you need to do to improve the roster. You know, if you got to give, like you said, if you got to take one step back to get two steps forward, then you do it. You know, you give up somebody that I might not want to give up. Fine, do it. Do whatever you have to do to get to that level competitive. If you're talking about the competitive of this is just a team we have right now and we're just going to roll with this, that's that's really not competitive, in, no. in my opinion. You the know what I'm saying? seed? That's, that's not, not competitive. It's not a competitive thing. That's so, bad. yeah, it's it's I would it's competitive if your team is younger and you didn't put this team out here to be right. the number one seed. You mortgaged you know future assets, yeah. whether it be future draft picks or current young talent on your roster, right. to assemble this group. Right. To make the playoffs. To make the playoffs. And that's why I'm asking the, the type. That's why I was asking that type of competitor that he's talking about. Because it feels like the latter. You know, it doesn't feel like the. It feels like his, his brain and his heart are two different things. Yeah. Like, in his, in his brain, we're not good enough to do that. But in his heart, we're trying to, you know, win this title and, be, you know, compete and get to a fourth seed. And you can't do that running a franchise. Um, he was also asked uh, pretty bluntly. Uh, I believe it was Casey Johnson who had the question. After AK said, this player, this player, this player, yes, we like them, yes, we want them back, whether it was Vooch, who's expiring unrestricted free agent, um, Kobe White, Io DeSumo, all of these players that AK was asked about said, like them, want them back. Casey pointed out to, to AK, well, if you sign back all the players that you would have to sign back to bring this group back, you would be then an over-the-luxury-tax team. Uh, And AK's response to that was this. In terms of support from ownership, from Jerry and Michael, I always had support. And just obviously that's going to have to be justified when we're ready to push for it. It waits to be seen this offseason what this team is going to look like. Um, I I don't want to try to, you know, detective sleuth too much into the way that AK answered that question. I know, you know, he did... And Casey brought it up sort of like jokingly, and AK maybe was just reacting to that. I saw a smirk on his face when he was asked the, the luxury tax question. But we've heard from Michael Reinsdorf as recently as an interview he did at the beginning of last offseason. Mm-hmm. We will go into the luxury tax for a team that is gearing towards championship contention. Right. This group that failed to get out of the play-in just now clearly ain't that. But if their best option at hand this offseason, at least in their opinion, is to bring this group back. They can't even do that without then triggering the luxury tax, and you know the Reinsdorfs ain't going to pay the luxury tax for a team that wins 40 games. Yeah, absolutely right. So what is the option left then, Will? <laughs> you on. have to make a bigger move. Like there that's, it is. <laughs> you have, unless Booch is willing to sign for like a really team-friendly deal, we're talking like 15 million or less. Okay. And Kobe is willing to sign a really team-friendly deal. We're talking 10 million, which I think is significantly less than what he's going to want. Okay. And they're willing to let, you know, Javante and Io go for nothing Mm -hmm. and maybe bring back Patrick Beverly for the veterans minimum or Mm -hmm. something like that, which he's not going to want to do. 
then you just you're not going to be able to have enough space to bring everybody back and also make an addition. Yeah. And so that opens up a world of choices that I think they're going to need to make. And it really starts with what does Vooch want to do? Because if you lose Vooch for nothing, then you've got Zach and Damar and the rest of the group. And you've got to make a call of, do you want to try to stay competitive without one of the big three and just bank on the fact that like these guys are still good, but somehow things are going to get better by removing one of our guys? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you want to try to move one of those guys and really retool around probably Zach makes the most sense because he's younger. Mm-hmm. But then we played this game before. We, we've seen this movie of what is Zach and Patrick and Kobe, what does that team look like? Mm-hmm. And how do you try to find a way to eventually make progress with that core? And I'm not sure how you do that. Um, these guys know the market a lot better than I do, obviously. They're, to, to what you said earlier, Matt, like they are the ones that know what the trade conversations were. But if you're faced with the reality of it's going to be impossible to bring everybody back and also add talent, then you're probably not going to be able to bring everybody else back. And then how do you move forward from there? Do you trade one of Zach and Damar? Do you trade both of them? Do you let Vooch walk? How do you replace him? Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's going to be really hard to have your cake and eat it too with this group. And I think that's why, you know, not, not picking a more definitive lane at the deadline, trading Vooch or um, clearing out space so that, even if you did resign Vooch, that you could be able to add something else this upcoming summer. Mm-hmm. That's why that was such a head scratching and I think potentially detrimental move. Yeah, it's super lack like of said, moves. Su- super risky. And you know what? B Daddy Fish said so. I, I, I was gonna say uh, about the presser, like, yeah, being a bad time to do it because it was literally right after <laughs> the game. So I didn't expect plans or you know things to be known. At all. And you know AK's not going to show his hand. Right. He's even not, if he does have a plan right correct, now. Correct. He's not going to tell you. So it felt like just a little double speak talking out the both sides of, of his mouth. Or, right. Or as my you know, the older person I mess with said, talking out the both sides of your ass. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. You know what I'm saying? And I understand it. My thing was, I was like, you're right, but they called the presser for that day. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you knew the questions were going to be asked, like in this magnitude right. that was coming up right here. So it was going to, you know, be this. You knew the onslaught that was coming mm-hmm. immediately, and it didn't feel like he was prepared for it. But I was like, "Is is this him playing chess or something?" Like I know I'm not prepared for it. You guys aren't prepared for what I'm willing to do. Situation because the issue right now is you've lost that cachet to be able to do that right. with with Bulls Nation. You know what I'm saying? They, you had it. You know what I'm right. saying? Before you the, had, you it. had the the and honeymoon glow. Correct. You brought the team you back to I mean? the playoffs for the first time in five years. You did those things, and then last off season when you said, "Just hang in there. We got a plan." Yeah. And then we waited, and we were like, "Okay, okay." And then we kept waiting and kept waiting, and then mm-hmm. they didn't really do anything, and it didn't turn out. You know, so it got, it kind of went away. And at the same time, they're looking around the league at all the people that would let go at the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And seeing how they're doing. You know, at the same time, so. Yeah, you know, it's it was a it was a perfect storm of trash, you know what yeah. I'm saying, that came at you, bro, and trying to navigate it is tough, but you know, this this is the job. It it's a time timing-wise you expect being tight-lipped, you expect double speak. Um which there was, you know, saying that they AK said he felt that they were on the right track with the way that they played after the All-Star break and the fact that they went 14 mm. and 9, mm. but then also admitted that how they finished was not good enough. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, like finishing the season 14 and nine is good like that. If you go that sort of five games above 500 for an entire season, mm. 45, 46 wins, mm. that's where you are last year. That's, that's mm. not bad. Um, certainly the way they ended last year was not great, but if that's sort of where you lie at the end of an 82 game season, I don't think anybody's disappointed with that, but that also relies on this fulcrum of Patrick Beverly who mm-hmm. comes to the team and, like, gives you more floor spacing, adds to your defense by allowing Caruso to be um, – to have some backup out there. Yeah. And, again, going back to the cap situation, if you want to re-sign Vooch and Kobe and Io, where does that leave you with Patrick Beverly? And if you're set on this direction and encouraged by the last 23 games, then you need to bring back Patrick Beverly. And how can you do that with, with the cap situation? 
and then also go out and get more help. It just yeah. these mm-hmm. things do not add up. It's and, and that's why. Uh, and then this is this is the last uh, quote from AK, and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of him believing in this, you know, uh, momentum post All Star break that they had, despite mm-hmm. falling short in the playing tournament, that they need to double down and commit to that. He was answering a question about the possibility of just blowing everything up because of their shortcomings this season and kind of completely steering a new direction to that he said this that whole blow up rebuild it's not on our minds i think the moment we changed our minds was in 2021 season to kind of focus on winning to build a sustainable program here i think that's what we're focused on right now how can we help this group how can we improve from this year that's what our off-season goal is going to look like that very much sounds like someone who is not thinking about blowing it up. Yeah, nobody in the Bulls front office, including Billy Donovan, is thinking about blowing it up. Like, they're not trying to do that. Rebuild, retool is kind of what I had in my head. Right. You know what I'm saying? From the beginning. To them and probably to us, okay, blow it up means let Vooch walk, shop Zach, yeah, and shop DeMar exactly. this summer. That's what blow Trade up Trade them is. both right. this summer. That's what a blow-up is, right. You know what I mean? You get rid of the players that are your best players. That's what you do when you blow it up. You get rid of that. They're not going to do that. One of them, yeah, I think one of them is out of here. That's just me personally thinking. Um, but, yeah, like, it was just so – I just I, – I remember when the first – after this first press conference, after this ended, mm-hmm. and I just saw the fire and fury of Bulls Nation, and I was confused. I was like, why is everybody so angry? And then I watched it again. You know what I'm saying? I went back and I watched it twice. And then I understood, like, what it was. Like, it's talking, like I said, I was both sides of the ass. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're not giving anything solid or solidified to them. You know what I'm saying? So they're very confused. When you, when you tell them, you know, we, three-point shooting is a priority, I like our three-point shooting. You know what I mean? Uh, we got to make these big changes. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be, you know, make these changes. Yeah, we want to bring guys back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we want to bring Kobe. Yeah, we want to bring back Vooch. Yeah, you know, you'll get a contract. You'll get a contract. You know what I mean? We have different and, mechanisms for being able to figure out ways to do that. Right. Exactly. So it's it's talking out of both sides is, is where the frustration kind of lies. So whether you, you pick one side or another, you know, nobody's wrong. And Bulls Nation don't want to roll like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, you got to give them a path. You got to give them, bro, this is what it is. This is what it's going to be. And I'm not saying give your whole story, you know what I mean, or what's your whole spiel of what it's going to do. And it's funny because we've seen him do this previously where he just told you the plan of, you know, yo, this is how we're going to act, you know, in this situation. We're going to be aggressive in free agency. You know, we're going to try to develop our guys, and we're going to move forward with that. And then you saw him do it. You know, like, that's it. That's all they wanted to hear. That's all they wanted to know. But, but the I, I think sorry, the, the problem is he's also said, you know, our biggest needs are rim protection and shooting. We're going to go out and address those in the summer. And then they signed Goran Dragic yeah. and Andre Drummond. Like yeah. That's that's not good enough. No. Um, and I think this is what this is what I'm really curious to hear your take on, Dave. Oh, and yes. something that Dave Mark and I agreed on maybe 90 percent of the way, but had a, a slight disagreement. Um, you and Mark had a slight disagreement. Yeah, slight disagreement. Slight what? not eye to eye. Y'all had a peck and Dave fight? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. But with what AK said in terms of being happy like with this, the man. direction, happy with the path that they're on after going 14 and 9, and although they didn't miss the play, or they didn't make the play in, they didn't make the playoffs, excuse me, um, that they're happy with. We made the plan. They made the play in, did not make the playoffs, happy with 14 and 9 on the right path. Does that change at all what you thought in terms of whether it was better to make or miss the playoffs? Because to me, what this says is I'm going to justify I, – I have the right to justify not making any moves this upcoming summer because of that 14-9 stretch. And I think had he gotten the opportunity to use, well, we finished really strong and made the playoffs, so I'm not going to make any moves, I think he would have – juice that or squeeze it for all he could you know and so i'm curious what you have to say because you were more on the Mm -hmm. i think we should make the playoffs because there's going to be moves to be made anyway yeah and so after hearing this does that does that change at all your opinion i still feel they're going to make these moves uh regardless he was going to have to say something positive regardless of how this went down so just like when i don't make any moves to get three-point shooting let me tell you how good our three-point shooting is you know even though we know what it is, what we're looking at, well, here's some numbers for you. 
well, screw them numbers. We know what we're looking at. So it was, it was going to be a positive spin on something because he said numerous times he's a positive person. So he's going to find some way to have some kind of thing going into the offseason and to have something for you guys to print and to write about that's positive. Whether it was 14-9, and nine, whether they – dude, they could have hit the last second shot to win the first game against the Raptors. He would have leaned on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was going to be something to be leaned on. They could have won the last game of the season and Pat get a triple-double. That would have been leaned on. But my point is something positive was going to be leaned on. But for me, it wasn't going to change what I knew is going to happen, which is moves are going to be made. Guys are going to be gone. Things are going to have happen. And I, I still feel that way. You know, I still feel like changes are coming from this team. So and based, this will on, occur. based on what you heard, which was – we feel good about our path because we finished fourteen and nine. You're oh, still that was confident. T- a terrible way to say that, and and I and I said it when he said it when I watched it the second time. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna fry him for that one right yeah. there. <laughs> so they're gonna and fry I think him, it's, I think it's justified in doing so. So, I mean, because that it's giving him an out for not making any moves. I'm not mm. saying he's not going to. He yeah. could tear down this whole thing. Yeah, and of course, it would be better to not tip his cards, tip his hand, but. There is now an opportunity for him to say, mm-hmm. we finished on a good note. Mm-hmm. We don't have to make any moves. I hear you. Like, it, it gives him that opportunity to lay on that. And you didn't want him to lay on anything but, like, a bed of nails. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I completely understand. I don't know about bed of nails, but I just. You know, glass, I, whatever. For <laughs> me, Something uncomfortable. For me, I think, had the outcome been, we made the playoffs, we won these two playing games, we finished strong. Mm-hmm. Like, that's even more, uh, it emboldens his take on the end of the season even more to where he could be justified in not making any moves. And I think that is sort of, that was a mm-hmm. disconnect between you and Matt. And I think between a lot of fans sure, sure. that felt strongly one way or another. Sure. I knew it. But again, like I just, I'm You're not still on, confident off of the page make. of changes are coming. Like I just believe that. I, I will be apoplectically confused if they oh. basically run it back. And other than letting certain guys walk who they can't afford to resign. Yeah, no, Matt, we're, we're both ter- we'll both burn this shit down right. together if, yeah. if they continue to run this back again Torches and, and do forks. nothing. Uh, Just we, me the toy. I don't want to we got to take one more quick break. Uh, we come back, we'll wrap up. Take a look at a couple cool, quick quotes from Zach, Damar, uh, and Vooch, uh, who also did their exit interviews on Saturday. NBA fans, the playoffs are here. God, how great was yesterday? Yo, other than like some unfortunate injuries, which is too bad. Hope all those players come back uh, sooner or later. Yeah, uh, but. Either way, the big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet on any of these NBA playoff games and score $150 in bonus bets mm-hmm. if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score one of those no-sweat same-game parlays for these NBA playoff games. Pick your over-under on points scored. Pick the spread. Pick players' points, boards, assists, whatever you want. Put them in one boosted odds parlay. And if it doesn't hit, Mm -hmm. no sweat because you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Mm -hmm. Download the app now. Sign up with that promo code CHGO to take advantage of that $5 bet offer. Mm -hmm. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts, 800-327-5050, or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in New York. Call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming racehorses. Mm. We'll use the word earlier. Was it fulcrum? Fulcrum. That's an awesome word, dude. Thank well, you. well done. I like that. Somebody said it as at the in press Vooch conference. is the fulcrum of the yeah. Bulls offense? Yeah. Well yeah. done, man. I know another word like that. It's called Foco. Oh! oh. It's just happening in your face. In your face. Oh, check Ow. that one out. David Joey, look at that one. <laughs> that was amazing. Rock your Foco gear, y'all. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. And where you get that from? You get that from Foco. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in Betwix. It's spring, y'all, and it's baseball season. So, of course, those Aloha shirts, them straw hats, the polos, the bags, everything you need for a game. Guess who got you covered? Foco. And, of course, them set decorations that they so kindly donated here to us at CHGO. So, show them some love for that also. 
Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-pre-sale items. Use the promo code CAGO for 10% off because it's FOCO. Faux show. Uh, gentlemen, Zach, Damar, Vooch, Kobe all spoke Saturday as well. Um, I wanted to start with basically a Damar quote about Zach and a Zach quote about Damar that I thought paired in a really, like, aw kind of way. <laughs> and uh, they were kind of just asked about the – they were both asked about their on-court chemistry and why they fell short this season um, and whether or not they have confidence that they as a duo and, um, you know, they also threw Vooch in there as, as a trio – have confidence that they can get this right. Um, DeMar DeRozan said of Zach Levine, quote, I've never played with such a talented, gifted player at the wing position as Zach. Zach Levine said of DeMar DeRozan, for me and DeMar as a duo, I haven't been more confident with anybody in my life. (laughs) Those things were said within minutes of each other. And I think it's fair to wonder if their on-court fit is not ideal based on the shortcomings they've had this season. Where do you guys stand on that? Obviously, it's not like either one of them was going to go out there and throw the under under the bus in any way. No. But do we still have faith in the lovey-dovey friendship and, like, you know, partners in crime on the the basketball court relationship of these two guys? Well... First of all, neither one of them are lying. <laughs> Let's start there. I, I believe that. Both of that is true. You know what I'm saying? Both of those are true, true statements. Um, will it work on the court? They And Zach also said in that he feels like they're just right there as far as being that kind of offense when we think it's – they were 24th but 21 out of 30 24 <laughs> but we think it's a little, little larger than that if you're looking at it just in a scope of those two yeah I could feel why they feel that way you know they both made the all-star game in one year together and then the next year the only reason Zach didn't make it is because he wasn't right mm-hmm. in the first half of the year and they did so, both cite the fact that basically since the beginning of season one yeah they haven't both been fully healthy on the court together yeah it's correct that's that's also key. So their success there that they can literally lean on and show you that this has has worked for us. We've been awesome together. But I think what Bulls fans will lean on the show is the wins. You know, that's really what it boils down to. Um, you got two guys who will both get you 25 and 5, you know, 25, 5 and 5, if you want to say it that way. They can do that for you. Uh, but will it translate into a second round? Will it translate into a top five seed? You know, we haven't seen that. We saw it happen when you had another element of a point guard with you. And, yeah, it worked in that sense. And, again, that's something else that they can lean on in that sense. But those two together, we've seen also, and, you know, Will's pointed out, Matt's pointed out, about why it hasn't worked and the issues that, you know, occurred because a lot of it is on the other end of the floor, you know, uh, on the defensive end of the floor. Where, and it also – And spacing on the offensive end and of the I was, floor. I was coming right back to that. And also the spacing on the offensive end of the floor, and especially when teams start to double-team those guys. You know, it, we've seen it. You can also point to that Miami Heat game or either game. You want to point to the Raptors game too, you know. One guy had it, the other guy didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't – one worked, the other one didn't, you know. So you can point it to it that way as well. So I get it. There's truth in what they're saying. But if you're going to keep it like that, like those two together, and again, I'm, it's hard for me to say I'm against bringing it back because I'm like, what option do you have? But if you're going to make these trades, I'm not against that either. But if you're going to really keep these guys, then you have to invest in a point guard, bro. Like, it's just really that simple to me. Like, if you're going to keep those two together, them, those, them, them, them guys, mm. there has to be a moderator. There has to be a dude – at that point guard position, putting it together, because they were at their best when that was the case. So you're going to have to look at that part for me. Well said. I mean, look, they are a flawed team. You don't be the 24th offense in the league by accident. (laughs) It's true. Same with being the fifth best defense. I think the fact that that Billy Donovan was able to churn out a top five defense with this group is, like, incredible. Uh, I, I think it speaks to Vooch's ability to defend in space, 
and to quarterback a defense despite not being like a traditional rim protector. I think Zach and Damar, for their flaws on that side of the ball, played a lot better. But that's an example of being of playing above the sum of your parts. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly the opposite of what happened on the offensive end. They played mm-hmm. far below the sum of their parts. And I think, again, this goes back to not only the point guardsmanship, but the shooting. Like, you're just you're bogged down. Yeah. Like they were great in transition. They were great when they did get out and, and get deflections and steals and that stuff. But yeah. like, that's not necessarily a reliable source of offense that you can count on for 20 points a game. That's just not mm. how it works. Yeah. And they need to incorporate both somebody who can facilitate and orchestrate an offense, but also, like I said, guys that can be not just like floor spacers, but a real shooting threat. Mm. And that's why like, I, I really do think that in an ideal situation, those two guys could complement each other. The whole knock on Zach three years ago was, well, he doesn't perform well in the clutch. He can't always get to a shot. He turns the ball over. He needs like a big wing initiator next to him. Right. That's exactly what Damar is, who can get a shot, who is fantastic in the clutch. They complement each other really well. Zach, mm-hmm. great off the ball. Uh, Damar, really good as a you know slasher. Um, I think it can work, but the right pieces – need to be around them and as good as Caruso was defensively as good as Patrick Beverly was defensively um, as good as Kobe got I just don't think there's enough shooting around them to where it can work Mm. and I don't see an avenue for them to add that if they're going to keep their big three together and bring back Kobe Mm. Uh, one quick more quote from Vooch uh, that I wanted to get to and then we'll get out of here because it goes along with what you were saying about the shortcomings of this team offensively Vooch was trying to explain the inconsistency that he spoke to, that Zach and Mar also both spoke to when it came to this team not getting enough wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, inconsistencies where they kept coming up. Vooch said this, quote, I honestly don't know the answer on why we were like that, but that's what hurt us. There were games where we'd play really well for two and a half quarters and then have six or eight minutes where we'd just throw it all away. Mm-hmm. We could never just figure that part out. Oh Those six to eight minute windows, like every Bulls fan, as soon as they heard Vooch say that, were like, oh my God, I remember that one, I remember <laughs> that one, I remember that one. Like, they were so frustrating to watch as we were watching them. And I think a big part of it was those field goal droughts that we would watch. How many times... In those field goal droughts, did someone pass up an open look because they oh didn't want to shoot? We saw it in the Miami game. <laughs> Holy Lord. You saw it. That's what happened in those droughts all the time. Yeah. Shot clock violations. Zach or DeMar chucking a contested difficult shot, you know, like a, a deep two from the corner mm. or a deep two just absolutely smothered defensively. After earlier in the possession, they actually did do something along the lines of good ball movement leading to somebody open, but that somebody open chose not to shoot. Yeah. No, literally the Miami game was the first thing I thought of when DeMar makes the move. This is when, you know, late in the game, DeMar gets down to the post, gets double team, kicks it out. Patrick Beverly wide open. Nah. <laughs> you know, he kicked over to Vooch. Vooch. Nah. Then he kicked over to Caruso. Clang. And the game was done. Also, Kobe White was out the game. What the hell, Billy Donovan? Um, so yeah, like it was like that all season long. You're absolutely right. Guys being afraid. Patrick Williams, oh my God. How many times did we have we hear players yell at Patrick Williams on the floor? Yeah, or throw their arms yeah. up in exasperation. Do you remember Zach Levine in Orlando when he passing the ball? Yep. He was like, Oh my God, Pat. Right. Yeah. Like, yo, I remember that so well. Mm-hmm. Kobe White, as of recently, I remember him doing this goal. Like, dude, shoot the ball. What are you doing? So yeah, man, it was a lot of guys just not confident in that shot. And they're not great shooters. This is why it is, Will. And it would turn into that negative step out of bounds turnover. Oh. Or it would turn yep. into, like, Billy talked a ton about, like, being able to attack closeouts and having that split-second decision about which way to drive when a defender is closing out to you. Mm-hmm. They would just drive right into a guy or drive right into the lane where everybody was already camped out because the defense knows nobody's going to shoot. Yeah. You can't, you can't live that way. No. This is not 1995. You cannot live that way. No. And... Um, yes, I mean, Artura said it at the thing, like Patrick was their best three-point shooter by percentage, but if you look at like willingness to shoot and, <laughs> right. and that's why like, to me, I said this yesterday, Lonzo, the, the total team three-point attempts when Lonzo was playing, not much higher than what it was now. They were right. still close to last, if not last in the league, they were just but better somebody shots. who was like really, 
looking to hunt three-point shots oh, around yeah. Zach and DeMar. Lonzo I mean, never hesitated. Makes, nope. That makes a world of difference in world. terms of spacing yes. and the way that it opens up the rest of the floor. And, again, that third dynamic of having somebody who can get a shot up mm-hmm. when it's not Zach or DeMar just trying to, like, carry the entire burden of the offense. Yes. Like, you are just setting yourself up for failure with the lack of shooting right now. And I'm, I think the best path forward is to retool or rebuild entirely. I mm-hmm. think that's probably the best in terms of replenishing the asset base and trying to accumulate some young guys and move forward. But if you are going to run it back around this core and there's no, there has to be more shooting, like really dangerous shooting around those guys, or it's going to continue to be the same thing we watched for not just these last 82, 84 games, mm-hmm. but all season before that. Mm. Yes. Uh, our guy beat Daddy Fisher said, Lonzo, a master of sneaking into the corner for a shot. They should watch film on how he master. does that. Um, man, just master. Whoever you put in the corner, can they just shoot, please? Can they yeah. knock down a shot? Like when you're saying those Lonzo, like he's right. Like the, the main difference for me with Lonzo is the type of shots they would get. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't taking as many, you know, as, but the pass he would put on you. It was a perfect pass to where all you needed to do was shoot the basketball. Like, mm-hmm. like I tell you all the time, great the point thing. guards are moved thinking. They didn't have to think. They just reacted. And some of those passes that Bulls would get from their teammates, uh, this not in the pocket, like in the shooting pocket. When you talk about yeah. how those passes are delivered to their shooters, yeah. Bulls were not super clean on that either this season, which is frustrating. Oh, uh, super. They, they, I mean, AK, at least AK told us, guys, they know three-point shooting is a problem now. And he said it's a top priority. Get a point guard, please, for the love we of We unfortunately have holy. to wait a while longer to feel uh, to figure out what the heck he does about that. And but like, at, at least this point, even if Lonzo was fully healthy and able to provide that, mm-hmm. you need another guy. Yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah. have one shooter on the floor. Yeah. Um, okay. Three this attempts a game is not conversation good. one Williams. of I'm sure many ah. about where the Bulls are right now and how they can climb themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Um, we are in off-season mode. So that means late afternoon start times. Uh, means Monday to Friday. Uh, so we will be back tomorrow afternoon. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe 4 o'clock Chicago time. Yet again, tomorrow yeah. we'll continue to break things down. Maybe we'll talk playoffs a little bit, too. Playoffs? We got some more NBA playoff action coming on tonight. We got to get out of here. Sox guys are going. We still got Cubs uh, pre and post on deck later tonight. Keep it locked to your CHS Way sports. later tonight. Way later tonight. Very late. They're on the West Coast still, right? They're playing Oakland. Yeah. So So they got like 8.40 first pitch. It's going to be like uh, 11.30 (laughs) post game. Why are you laughing? Because we don't have a West Coast tip off for at least six months. (laughs) 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 Enjoy that, Cubs guys. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Hit the thumbs up button if you haven't already. Subscribe, CHO Sports. We will talk to you tomorrow for Joey. Uncle Joey. Uncle Joey. Will the Goat. Big Dave. I'm Peck. Thanks for tuning in. See you, Red. Be good. Love y'all. Get a point guard. Peace.